The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Seven on this uh, rainy and wet Friday afternoon. It is Friday, February 24th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. In about an hour, Dr. James Armstead is back with us. It's been one year since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Well, what's changed? What's going to happen next? 605, we take you inside the world of virtual reality. John Lindsay starts us off on Monday talking about everything that's been happening this week with the weather. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. Special kick to finally get Larry Pewter into this broadcast. He's been very busy lately. He has spent a lifetime basically working with Coco's. For the last uh, 25 years, he's had the franchise in Pismo Beach. The restaurant is now closed, and a lot of us are very sad. But how's Larry feeling? Larry, how are you? Good afternoon, Dave. Nice to see you. Great to be here, man. Great to be here. How do you feel? Uh, this retirement good. stuff. Oh, gosh. I'm... I'm sleeping until 4.30 or 5 now instead of 3.30 or 4. I just I just don't know what to do with myself. Um, still cleaning up the restaurant because uh, I have to be at the end of the month, but I'm doing some – we're having a, uh, an auction. So we have auction auctions 360 uh, in there. Um, estate 360 is what they're actually called. Uh, so you can auction or bid on stuff. Really? Uh, I old- can come in and get, like, get my booth? You could, you could literally get your. Oh, booth. I get my booth, and you can get it for a good price because it's they're not moving much. But yeah, it's at State Three Sixties. In fact, they're just down the street from you here, and it's a terrific company. Wow, my wife uses them. But uh, yeah, it's nice to meet Craig finally after all these years. He's the backbone. That's Craig. If he gets, uh, Craig. If that beard gets any longer, he's going to have to start a cover band, ZZ Top or something. No, no, I just let it go white for Christmas and he, become Santa. He's sucking up to you because he wants the last cupcake. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, I worked for the Lins. I worked for John and Rini in 96. I love those people and well, I love their product. But and, you left them to compete. You know what? I you, are they listen, if they're listening? <laughs> I listen. I sent them so much business because someone would come in for a strawberry rhubarb, and I go, well, I don't have it, but the Lins have a rasru that's amazing. What'd you learn from working for John Lin? Uh, they work their butts off. They work their they work their business. Uh, they work within their business. They're they're they live their business. Yeah. And I learned that. Uh, I I can't say my wife is thrilled about that but uh you're, you're married to it and that's what happens in restaurants i what, guess what's going to happen to your space uh well it's 99.9 percent sure that there's going to be a, a pizza joint coming in that's what, exactly what the south county needs desperate we're desperate for a good round pizza so it's it's going to be pie it's just going to be pizza pie right mm. You spent pretty much most of your career working for Cocos. I'm looking at this at Anaheim, Costa Mesa, Newport, Palm Springs, Rancho Mirage. Grew up in Orange County uh, in the 70s, which was a great time to grow up in Orange County. It was lovely there, you know, orange trees and strawberry fields and you ride your Schwinn bicycle down to Newport Beach. Uh, it was great times. So I got my first job when I was 15, back when kids used to get jobs when they were younger. 
and uh, started there uh, as a busboy, dishwasher. And I was a cook when I was 16. Uh, I preferred working over school. I wasn't real scholastic. But why I, restaurants? Because my dad knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy that heard that there was they needed a a, a busboy at a restaurant, and it was just I could walk to it from my house in Santa Ana. And, yeah, uh, but why'd you stay with it? Because I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I was terribly shy. I was so painfully you. shy. You? Shy. I am so shy. I still really? am. Really? I still am. Uh, uh, it's awkward. But um, so when they first had me grab a pot of coffee and, okay, go out and talk to the customers and fill, <laughs> fill cups, I about peed my pants. It was terrible. But he brought me out, got me out of my shell, and uh, grew some... Thicker, thicker skin, which I think is great for kids. Restaurants are wonderful for kids. I think they should all be in a restaurant for a year or something. And you took to it right away. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was I, a natural fit. It, it felt good. I get the pat on the back from the managers. It worked, you know, worked my way up. It's not a big money thing. Certainly back then. I started at $1.65 an hour and uh, made a dollar or two in tips when I worked uh, the night shift. But, um, yeah, I got into cooking, and it just it felt good. I loved it. It's cooking is you know it's like a dance you move and you're twisting and turning and bending and you're throwing plates up there and you're twirling and you're flipping knives and you're it's like it's just a neat feeling so when i was 21 um i wanted to be a manager and uh i had to kick and scream to get in there but i did and i had my own store when i was just turned 22 your own store at 22 as a general manager yeah wow yeah where was that uh, Fullerton on Commonwealth and Euclid in mm. Fullerton. What makes a good general manager of a restaurant? What are the qualities you need to have? Well, it was odd because I was 22 and most of the servers were in their 50s and 60s. <laughs> so it was very strange. But uh, you, you kind of got to be a jack of all trades. You got to know where to be when you need to be there. Like uh, you need to jump in the cook station. You need to go wash a few dishes. You need to go outside and clean up. You need to support the servers. Someone burns their hand. You need to help them uh, mend them. Um, you just got to be aware and all-encompassing and supportive. We have a very confusing text on the Stolberg tatum text line. Listener wants to know what years did you work in Orange County? He probably knows my grandfather and he was a regular down there. That may be, but we don't know who your grandfather is. So Larry can't confirm nor deny. But when did you work at Orange County? 71, 72 till 80, 82. So I did 10 years. Hmm. Uh, boy, so much I want to ask you. Larry Pewter on this broadcast. So I want to hear about Rancho Mirage because that was like the big celebrity hangout for you. My gosh. So I, I, I couldn't afford a house in Orange County. They were, I remember clearly, they were about $89,000 for a standard three-bedroom, two-bath. And I wanted, I got married. I wanted a house so bad. So I was helping a buddy. Uh, build a, 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 a geodesic dome in Yucca Valley up in the high desert and I'd go out there on weekends and help them and I fell in love with it out there. So we moved out there, bought 15 acres of land and then I bought a house for $47,000 which I still own, thank God. Mm. And um, so then I went back to work for Coco's. I walked into Coco's in Rancho Mirage and my old boss from Orange County was in there and he goes, hey, jerk, why don't you come back to work for me? So I did. And I was GM in about three months and worked Rancho Mirage and Palm Desert and Palm Springs. But the Rancho store was so fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Why? 
the people I got to meet, uh, just, you know, Red Skelton, Kay Ballard, Ginger Rogers, Leo DeRocher, Willie Mays, uh, uh, Michael Chang, uh, Andre Agassi. Uh, they'd all come to Cocos. They'd all come to Cocos. Uh, Bill Medley, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., um, Ralph Waite, I got to be pretty good friends with. Yeah. Don Drysdale, got to be pretty good buddies with. Kay Ballard, loved me because I would sneak her some uh, pumpkin pie that she wasn't supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, What about Red Skelton? He would be in a couple times a week. Two, three times a week. He would come and he lived up in Anza. So you go up the road, up Highway 74, I think it is, and that's where it's cooler up there. Yeah. And he would drive down in his white Chevy Suburban with his wife, and they would sit at the first table in the restaurant and have Eggs Benedict. And you, you could you you recognize his voice immediately, sure. right? And uh, like, oh my God, Red Skelton! So he was so sweet. I, people go up and ask him uh, for you know uh, autograph, and he would sketch a he would sketch a clown on a napkin and give it to him. It was just beautiful. Hmm. And one morning, uh, Kay Ballard was in there. I mean, and and Red, and they were talking uh, across from each other, and they were talking about their vaudeville days, working in vaudeville. And we're just like, wow, this is just so cool. <laughs> now, typically, I left them alone. I just, I was very respectful. We didn't bother anybody. We just did our restaurant thing and leave them alone. And that's pretty much what they wanted. Once in a while, one would want to be recognized. But uh, uh, were they all yeah. good tippers? You know, I honestly don't remember. Okay. Well, that says they were because if they were bad, you would remember. Well, or, or the servers would let me know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Larry Peter on this broadcast, uh, looking back on his life in the restaurant business and what happens next. What happens next here as we take a short break, we'll come back with more of our conversation right here on the Dave Congleton Show. Coming up on uh, Thursday of next week, Dr. Jill Stearns, the president of Cuesta College, will make her first appearance on Hometown Radio. A lot to discuss with the current president. We'll hear from her. We'll hear from you. We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock, where uh, this hour we are spending with Larry Pewter. He has uh, spent a career in the restaurant business. The last 25 years, he owned the Cocos in Pismo Beach. And as we're back with you, Larry... Um, I want to talk a little bit about Cocos itself. This this chain goes all the way back to 1948. Yeah, 48 in Corona de Mar, John McIntosh. And I don't think I met him maybe once when I was younger. Um, started the company. And uh, it was snack shops originally. There was about seven of them or so. And I worked for the one. Um, I'm putting my shoes back on because I had to wring out my socks. They're so wet. Not really. but Just sit there and answer my questions. <laughs> What was the question? Oh, uh, they started at uh, with snack shops. So there was a couple in Santa Ana and Fullerton and Anaheim and, uh, and so forth. So I started a snack shop. And they merged with another company, didn't they, at some point? Oh, yeah. I mean, restaurants gobbled up each other back then, just endlessly. Uh, I mean, we've gobbled up uh, Bob's Big Boy chain, most of them, and converted them to Coco's and Caro's. And then we bought the Caro's chain that was started by a, a guy from uh, Butler, I think his name was, from Denny's. And uh, and then we were bought by Denny's for a, a while, which was horrible. And then we were bought by Flag Star, which was 
Jack in the Box, which was more horrible. Mm-hmm. And just back and forth, they just eat each other up. And I thought when we were crashing and burning here in the last few years, like so many chains are, like my beloved Marie Callender's that I used to work for at, uh, uh, in high school as well. I used to work for them at night and Coco's in the daytime. Um, they're down to like 30 stores now. And uh, I thought now we're down to, I don't know how many stores, 14, 16? Yeah, the article said 21, but you don't think that's that high. I don't think it's that high. We lost three in the last month. You had the northernmost Cocos yep. of, all, of them all. So what is happening? I mean, Marie Callender's Cocos, Norm's in L.A., it seems like an era about to pass us by. Uh, it's families don't get together to go out to eat as much, um, or they do. They go through. It's quicker, faster. They go. You know, my wife's in real estate. She runs through the drive-through a Panera Bread, or uh, instead of sitting down and 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 having a meal. Here's the other thing. Big thing with real estate agents now. They have DocuSign. And in the old days, my booths would be full of real estate agents doing deals with their clients. Yeah. Now we have DocuSign. So someone wants to buy a house, they're in Australia, she just shoots them the yeah, yeah. thing. I've done that. Boom, 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 back, done. So there's no more transactions one-on-one. That really hurt the restaurant business. And in the old days of Coco's, you know, we'd hire the pretty servers, and the businessmen would come in and do their deals and have their meetings. That's gone. It just it's more online stuff now. So it's you'd hire the pretty servers. Okay. Shh. Okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, there are secrets to every restaurant business. I get that. That was back in the before I was a manager. Yes, they okay. always make sure you had pretty servers. <laughs> <laughs> Eye candy. They do that in every bar in town. Hmm. Um, right, I'm Craig. Stu- yeah, I'm stuck on that. <laughs> So when did it change? Because I asked that because in the in the Chronicle article, you said that like back in the nineties, you'd see all sorts of generations coming in, and then you don't see that anymore. Yeah, college kids. They don't. Um, Who did I just talk to that has a chain of uh, restaurants? They said to, to quote, <laughs> they stay at home on their computers and order food online to be delivered. Yeah. DoorDash. Yeah. And uh, pizzas and, uh, you know, whatever, Panera Bread. But they don't come out to gather. No, exactly. There's no... And, and when they do, it, it, they're on their phones. Everybody's on their phone. It'll be a family of four or six, right? And everyone will be on their phone. They won't say a word to each other. <laughs> so the good the good news with that is if I'm, I'm slow in the cook station or something, I, it buys me time because they get lost in their phones. But the bad news is it's so sad. It's kind of sad. People don't. How did you know it was time to hang it up? A bunch of stuff. You know, I'm 66. I've got good energy. I'm going to keep doing stuff. But it was just little things kept nagging me from uh, feeling guilty when we passed out a straw, making sure there wasn't a customer on the left or right that was going to bust us and, and we get the $1,000 fine to the to-go containers. We couldn't use styrofoam anymore, so we had to go with the uh, the stupid paper ones, which make the t- food taste terrible and are soggy, or to the com- uh, plastic ones that don't break down in in the in the landfill, which makes no sense to me. But they want us to use those, and they're a dollar or two a piece per per meal. So that was crazy. And then the Surf Safe employee thing they had to, we had to start doing. It was a money grab for the state where they wanted them to get a little. Explain. Well, they have to. It started a few years ago. 
they have to go online and get uh, when the state was broke they came up with this one so everyone in the restaurant business had to go and it's kind of a good thing that they did this um in a way uh they had to go online pay 15 bucks and um, take a test and watch a video to properly serve food okay and now this year it's now it's for booze so starting in January, anyone that serves beer, and I serve about a six-pack of beer a week, if that, <laughs> and I don't promote yeah. booze. I don't really into it. But every server would have to go through this two- or three-hour seminar and uh, take a class for that and pay whatever it is, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And it's just you got to keep up on all this stuff. So it's just all these little things. Oh, and then the new one, who was the senator that wanted the paperless computers so we don't have receipts? Paperless computers. Well, paperless – so there's no receipts. Mm. So they tried to get that through, almost. And if that went through, then I'd have to go buy $30,000 worth of computers, which is silly. It sounds like you feel like you've been overly regulated. Yes. In the restaurant business. Yes. More so today than 30, yes. 40 years ago. I'll never forget the, the great Mr. Nichols and his sons out there somewhere. I see him once in a while. Uh, and he owned A.J. Spurs, which was Commander Cody's back then. And he used to come in in 2000. 1998, 1999, 2000, and he would say, Larry, why in the hell are you in the restaurant business? You've got to be out of your mind, <laughs> as he sat there and drank his beer in my restaurant every night. But uh, it just got, yeah, it just got harder and harder. Now, you can do it. You can do it, and people are making money. There's a few restaurants doing great in town. God bless them. But I just got to the point after I had 20 fantastic years in the last two, uh, 21, 22, was okay, but then COVID hit. Then we sprang back, and it was going okay, but I was just the wind out of my sails. But you're only open for breakfast and lunch post-COVID. Yep. You stopped doing dinner. Yep. Well, uh, anyone seen their gas bill lately? My gas bill went two months ago from 1100 bucks to $3,200 for one month. Electric bill's up. Um, my water bill is 3200 bucks every two months, and it's only $500 worth of water. The... Um, it's the fees they charge for restaurants. So it's just like I have to do like a million six, million seven to even be worth it. And so when I closed nights, I lost my night crew for the most part. And uh, I just decided to stay open on, on days. And we were, you know, just getting by, paying the bills. And I, I wanted to take care of my 15 amazing employees that I had. So my partner and I decided let's let's just keep it open for them until we can come up with our next plan. <laughs> And have they been able to get jobs? Uh, a lot of them have, yeah. Uh, yeah, i got about uh, 14 people. And uh, I, mean, I mean, we're talking 23 years with me, 20 years, 12 years, 13 years, 24. All of them been with me. Uh, amazing. Uh, just amazing uh, how long they've stayed. And, and I wanted to give them plenty of notice. I didn't want to be one of those restaurants to just shut, shut down and walk away and what happened. So I gave everybody six weeks notice, actually about five and a half weeks notice. Plenty of time. They weren't surprised. They knew I was over it. <laughs> I, pretty much all of them were like, okay, we figured. And uh, so I wanted to give them time to get to, to get going. And it's a good time to look for a job. There's lots of jobs out there. So, Larry Pewter on this broadcast, looking back on his career in the restaurant business, the last 25 years as owner of the Cocos in Pismo Beach. Off we go. We have news and traffic and weather. We'll continue our conversation and invite your thoughts as well. Right here on Hometown Radio for the Central Coast, it is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Friday. Happy Pie Day.
All right, Craig, thank you. We're keeping an eye on the traffic situation. Dr. James Armstead joins us at uh, 6.05, or excuse me, at 5.05, uh, virtual reality at 6.05. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. We're in conversation with Larry Pewter. Spent a lifetime working in restaurants, most of them Coco's. He had the franchise up here for the last 25 years. It is closed as we speak. It is truly the end of an era. If you want in on the conversation, feel free to join us. Phone lines are open. Text line is fired up. 805-543-8830. Let's start with Jim and Aroy Grande on KVEC. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Dave and Larry. Hey, Jim. Uh, hey, how are we doing today? It sounds like, uh, sounds like we're having a good show today. Yeah. And I'm not sitting in the traffic studio, which is a good thing, actually, right now. It's pretty busy, I understand. Jim, what's your connection to Coco's? Well, my Coco's uh, connection is I worked for Larry over there for over 13 years. And I uh, loved it. It was a lot of fun. Great place to work. Had come there from a uh, little time off after Marie Callender's. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm missing it. You know, I'm I'm actually looking for... Another gig right now, but I'm still, of course, doing the radio thing. But um, it's my my other side hustle, and I'm really missing the crew and everybody there. Tell us something about tell us something about Larry that he won't say himself. That he won't say himself. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's a pretty good guy. Really, I think he's pretty. Uh, he's pretty. He he doesn't like to gloat on things that he's done for the community. I know that. He's done a lot for the community. Uh, a lot of um, things like uh, sponsoring different things, being at different uh, events, doing the, the um, Harvest Festival in Aurora Grande. He was really happy to be doing that this past year. It was a lot of fun. And I think he likes doing that kind of thing. Is that true, Larry? Um, Is that true? It is, yeah. It is fun doing that stuff. I, the Clam Chowder Festival, we sponsored it for a few years. The, the Clam yeah. the clam Chowder uh, Contest, and uh, we had the booth there to raise money for the chamber. And Yeah, it was good times. Gosh. One, of my, one of my favorite things, too, that we used to have this ukulele group that came in, and I would wait on them on Monday nights when we were open at night. And Larry sometimes would join in. He's a great ukulele player. I hear that, and but he didn't bring his ukulele today. He didn't bring the ukulele. He's a great uh, guitar. He'd, he'd sit in the office and play the guitar. I mean, didn't, I bring, didn't bring a guitar today. No, he didn't, didn't bring didn't, the guitar. Didn't bring my no. drums either. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get to try any of the Lynn's pies? No. Uh, you might not know that Larry actually worked for Lynn's for a little while, too. Yeah, he told that story at the beginning. I didn't get any <laughs> cupcakes, nothing. Yeah, well. Zilch. See, if you'd brought your ukulele, we would have given you a cupcake. Jim, thanks for checking in. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Love you. Here's Jim number two on KVEC. Hey, Jim. Hey, was was that Jim the the, the server? Yes. God, I I've enjoyed the, talking to him for years. We moved over in '94 from from Northridge. I remember when Coco's was Margie's Diner. When was the transition, and how did that happen? So it was Farm Boy. It was built uh, by the landlord, current landlord's father. And it was built uh, for Farm Boy, which was the Williams family that had the grocery stores. Okay. So that was ni- 74 till about 94, roughly. And then Margie's went in there for just a year or two. And the landlord really wasn't uh, digging having them there. And they weren't doing real well. And the place was kind of a mess. 
So they want, he wanted a big chain in there. So here comes Coco's. Uh, Boom. It was one of the first franchises, Coco's. Not the first, but it was one of the first. So uh, 90, May of 97 is when we opened. So it'll be 25 years this May. I think if that uh, works out. What else, Jim? Well, I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of changes, too. One of the restaurants that I don't think was ever a chain is Vista, which used to be flagship, which used to be steamers, which used to be Trader Nick's. Yeah, they've that place has been cursed. Well, I'll tell you though, that's <laughs> they have they, they have been able to keep a restaurant there. No, it's doing well. It's Doug, it's Doug McMillan. He owns Ada's Roses. No, no, Doug and uh, Vista. He opened and uh, yeah, like he told me, I'm going to die there. He comes in and gets breakfast to go once in a while. And his mom and dad used to come in, Bill and Mama. And uh, he's a great guy, works his ass off. And but that building has been a number of restaurants over the yep. years. And, and there's the stigma. Oh, boy, another one's coming in. They're going to go broke. <laughs> but we go there on Sunday. We go there on Sunday for brunch. It's wonderful. Mm. All right. Jim, thanks for calling in. 805-543-8830. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, I long for the old days when people would sit on bar stools at restaurants, drinking coffee, reading newspapers, and uh, drive-ins that had car hops on roller skates to serve you. Those days are all gone. Yeah, I miss the counters. Uh, we took our counter out. They started taking them out, uh, I, and I really miss them. Now, it's a double, Why'd you take your counter out? It's a double-edged sword. Tell you the truth, sometimes you get some kind of creepy guys that sit at the counters <laughs> and leer at the girls. But uh, I love the counter because I was I did some bartending, and you know you love to slide the glasses all the way down the counter, and and you know double stack the glasses, and it's just so fun because you can have a little flair, and and um, it's it was great. So I they took it out because they thought it was more efficient to put like a little two-top booth in. Or a four top instead of the counter, you used too much space. Was it more efficient? I don't know. Because hmm. counter people sometimes, yeah, because they come and go quicker. You turn over faster. It's always hard to find a server that just wants to work the counter, too. That's a little tricky. Where do you go to eat? Oh, boy, 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 boy. Where do I go? We like Happy's. We like uh, Vista. On Sunday, we don't go out to eat. We don't go. We don't do dinners. Now, is Vista the same as Flag? I'm confused. No, Flagstaff's gone. That was okay. Compass Health. Yeah, Compass that has a custom house. So that's now Vista. Yeah. So now it's Doug's place. He took it over. Okay. Um, we don't do dinner. I'm weird. We go. Uh, we go to bed at seven or seven thirty. Honest to gosh, and we get up about three thirty or four. We just started doing this. I don't. And then I used to go to work by five thirty. We get up and have our coffee in the morning, and uh, we don't we don't go out for dinner. I, if I did, I'd, I'd be even fatter than I am. Could you imagine? So um, we love to go out for breakfast. That's our favorite. Zorro's is terrific. Um, God, there's not much left. Uh, Vista. I'm trying to think. Oh, you know, Rooster Creek. Once in a while, we used to go there a, a, a lot for lunch when we lived in the village, which we do not anymore. Um, and what's Mason Grill? Of course, that's Ash Management. So, but overall, the restaurants here are pretty good. He hesitates. Well, it's so darn expensive to go out now, and I'm such a cheapskate because I know what a piece of chicken breast cost, and so that I see, <laughs> I see it, you know. $34 for a chicken breast with some sauce on it. Really? But I, uh, it's at the point now where 
if I go out to lunch with someone and I'm going to buy, I just assume it's going to be fifty bucks. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, breakfast. I, I'll go to Little Bits Cafe, which is terrific. It's my wife's son owns it. Where, where is this? Little Bits Cafe. I'm not familiar with it. Put a plug in for it. It's over on Grand, Seventh uh, Street by Garland's Hamburgers. Uh, okay. He's been there about a decade. He's doing a great job. Uh, biscuits and gravy. Uh, and uh, good food, big portions. Uh, but it is—it's twenty bucks to go out for breakfast at, with coffee and a tip, twenty-five bucks for one person. It's kind of nuts. No, yeah. and so I'm being more selective now as to where I go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I cringe when a party of five comes in and they're they're having breakfast, and you know the bill is eighty bucks. I go, man, I kind of I kind of feel bad. But uh, and my prices are way reasonable. I'm the cheapest in town. No, you can still. My check average is fourteen bucks. So why are the prices in restaurants so much higher? Well, the chickens are not happy with us, I guess. So chicken doubled in price. It went from about two bucks a pound to four bucks a pound, and then they doubled down. The chickens doubled down on it and uh, the, uh, attacked the eggs. So eggs are like triple or quadruple what they were. It used to be eighteen, twenty bucks for a case of eggs. Now it's like seventy, eighty, ninety. Uh, lettuce went up to two or three bucks. Per head and just prices are just root, uh, through the roof. Um, meats, hamburger, crazy. So the the prices are going up. It's not like the owners are getting greedy. No, heck no, no okay. way, no way. All right, Ron's in Arroyo Grande. Hey, Ron. Hello, Dave. How hey, are you? Good. Um, good. I miss Coco's. We've been up here for thirty two years in Arroyo Grande, and on Sundays uh, after the nine o'clock mass, we'd head over to. Coco's. We found Coco's there. It was just great. And and then, of course, the uh, pandemic uh, COVID stuff came in and closed. And it opened up for uh, breakfast through lunch, uh, well, from, I don't know what it was, 7 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And we were regulars there on, on Sunday. And I, I tell you, the wait staff was just so friendly. The food came to you quickly. The service was great. And the prices were so reasonable. And my wife would like to get, uh, you know, two poached eggs and a toast. And uh, and it was there. You go out now to some of these places, and and you can't find just toast and poached eggs. You know, they, they, you yeah. got to buy all the other stuff with so, it. And, so, Ron, and where, prices are reasonable. Ron, where are you going to go yeah. now? I don't know. We've, uh, you, you know, the uh, little bit that uh, I've been there once uh, that uh, he was talking about. It's it's not right on Grand. It's it's uh, behind. Uh, I guess that uh, uh, that burger place or wherever it was, and 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 that's pretty good. But but you're right. It's expensive. Uh, we used to go down many years ago down to La Simpatia in uh, Guadalajara, Guadalajara, Guadalupe, uh, Guadalupe, yeah. Guadalupe. And where the two sisters, I think, ran it. And it was just spectacular. And the prices were great. And then then around COVID or before COVID, it closed for two, three years. And, and we went back after it opened. And it just it just didn't seem the same. So I don't know. We've we've been to Zorro's uh, for some breakfast. And it's it's just hard to find a, a good. And, I, you know, a reasonable price today is, is higher than it was, you know, a year ago. But yep. just a reasonable price restaurant uh you know you pay 20 bucks for breakfast and and it's hard to it's hard to pay 20 bucks for you know some uh pancakes and and some yeah. sausage you know really Tom, comment on this larry uh yeah it is hard and uh thank you for all the years um i'm sure i'd know you if i saw you 
Um, you know, the one the one thing that I wanted to do, and, and I'm upset that I never did do it, I'd get there on a Sunday, and, and it'd be maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock. We may pick up uh, my sister-in-law and bring her along. And there was the prime rib and uh, on Sundays. And, uh, and then at, at first, if I had, you know, yeah, I say at first, uh, probably uh, six months, eight months, a year ago, it was being served. Uh, they had to cook it. Uh, I mean, they had to finish cooking it and what have you, but I never did get the prime rib. And, oh. and then it got to a point, I think, that, that it was just, uh, you know, when you close it too, there was no benefit to do prime rib. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It was a great quality product and uh, very reasonable. All right, uh, Ron, thank you very much for calling in. Scott is in San Luis. Hey, Scott. Hello, Dave. Hello, uh, Larry. Nice to meet you, Larry. Hi, Scott. Hey, Larry. Um, well, my mom and dad, they were big fans. They went to the restaurant quite a bit. And every, t- and every time they went on the road, they always made sure they stopped at the Cocos. So every, so every time I was on the road, I was always go- going with them. So, um, but, you know, I'm curious, what is Cocos famous for? Used to be burgers in the 70s. Coco's okay. famous hamburgers. That's what they were known for, and we were all and, and we were all around, all around good. We had a decent steak. We had Asian salad was our number one. We had an Asian salad dressing that nobody has. What was your top selling item other than the prime rib? Uh, Asian, Asian salad was number one. Yeah. Yep. So curiosity. Now you're still open, right? You're no. just open. No, small, or he's closed. Not at all. Done. Yep. Oh, shut out down. Of here. Shut down last week. Um, There's only about, I think, 12 or 14 left. L.A. area, maybe one or two. Where's the closest one? Flagstaff, Arizona. There's still one. Where's the, where's the closest one to here? I don't even know. It's L.A. somewhere. Okay. Is it inflation, Larry? I mean, yeah. is it just... Okay. It inflation? Makes, well, I mean, it's a combination. Like, let's take Santa Maria. You go down Broadway Street. That used to be the main thoroughfare. And then they built a freeway out. And then, so they started building restaurants and Costco's on the freeway. And so all the restaurants on Broadway died. But the landlords still wanted more and more rent. So mm-hmm. that Coco's died. And that whole, all the way to go down Broadway. And it's just like, a, it's just. Do you own the building, Larry? Oh, or is I it, wish. Yeah. No, no, I've got oh, a landlord. Okay. My rent was very fair for many, many years. But here's the other deal. The, it's based on the consumer price index, which is crazy high this year. Um, I'll get into politics, but my rent's going way up, and then plus minimum wage went up a buck fifty an hour per person. So it went from four, fourteen bucks to fifteen fifty, and that hurt. So it's just a combination of things. I thought servers got buying tips. They get four. They get fifteen fifty an hour, plus tips. Plus tips. Really? Why no. am I? Why am I tip? Hang on, Scott. Second, Scott. Why am I tipping? <laughs> why am I tipping? <laughs> well. Can you buy a house on fifteen fifty? Yeah. Mm. Yes, you can if you work your ass off. All my cooks did. My cooks that are American citizens, by the well, way. Yeah, they cook, don't yeah, their cooks are one thing. I'm talking about like Jim. Well, they make Jim was making fifteen fifty an hour. Yeah, starting January, he did. Yes, that, wow. that rascal. See what he's closed. getting away with? Yeah. Laughing all the way to the bank. I'm sorry, Scott. What else did you want to say? <laughs> no. Is there anything going to bring you back, Larry? Or are you pretty much done? Curiosity. I mean, I'm. You know, if some, I don't. I want to, I've always wanted a wiener schnitzel, but my wife won't allow me. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, by the way, you know, Applebee's, um, I hear they're doing construction there right now. I don't know if you've heard a rumor. Applebee's? Applebee's. Which yeah. One, which, which one? Oh, in San Luis Obispo. I've, I've just seen the construction in there now. It's been closed for six years. 
I didn't know if you heard anything about it. My mom and dad also liked that place as well. So. I didn't. It'd be great to have a Black Bear Diner. would be nice. Mm. It would I, be nice to have Coco's there. That would be great. Well, listen, Larry, I appreciate you coming on the air and sharing your story. It's a wonderful story. Thank you very much. Well, Scott, Thank thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, speaking of that part of town, oh, Lord, I mean, um, Tahoe Joe's gone. Gone. Hometown Buffet, gone. Yeah. Applebee's, gone. Yep. Oh, it's sad over there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we used to go to Tahoe Joe's. We, that's my wife and I, I dated there. Loved that place. So what, what, what is it? And then down by you, Chili's gone. Chili's gone. So what's with chain restaurants? Applebee's gone. Chili's was paying, I think, 25000 No, no, it was 15000 a month rent. And they weren't doing that great. And it's kind of a B siding. It's not a great place. You can't. It's right park. there by Trader Joe's. Yeah, but it just, and the parking lot was kind of small. It just. Didn't they just couldn't do it? And they were losing money for years. But uh, and then Applebee's huge rent, and they went out. Oh, uh, the Stolberg Tatum text line listeners saying Applebee's is going to be a mattress store. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know. So, but chain stores, chain restaurants don't seem to be doing that well. No chain restaurants. There's not many. Uh, say. Uh, Black Bear is kind of, some of them are doing really well. Some of them are still struggling. I tried to get a Black Bear in there because it would have been a great. What's the one, what's the one in Santa Maria everybody raves about? Southern Comfort oh, or Crackle Barrel? Uh, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. I don't think they're doing that well. Okay, so they take Betteravia and they, it explodes with restaurants, right? Yeah. Like 15 new restaurants now. Yeah. Half of them will be gone in three years, guaranteed. Not to be negative, but it's just a reality. They what's overbuild. The, what's the reality? They overbuild. They all fight for sh- uh, share of the area. Get in. Try to get in the rinse in low, and then there's no way they can all be sustained. There's no way. Have you been to a Cracker Barrel? Yes. Eh. <laughs> they got the cutesy store, you know, and uh, the food is just real mediocre. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I've never been. Uh, what's your favorite chain restaurant? Uh, claim, Other than Coco's. Claim Jumper. Claim Jumper. Claim Jumper, I love. We always try to go there if we go to Vegas, which we're going in a couple of weeks. Um, and um, Cheesecake Factory. Oh, I love Cheesecake Factory. Oh, God, so good. I don't so consider Cheesecake Factory to be a chain restaurant. It is. They're so good. And no offense I, to Coco's no, or to you. No. But I will go anywhere. When I was in uh, Honolulu, there was a Cheesecake Factory right by our hotel. Mm-hmm. We'd go there every day because yep. the menu is so big. Oh, it's 26 and then pages. The, and then the one overlooking uh, Union Square in San Francisco. Been there. If you can get a table there. Right. Oh, Cheesecake Factory. Exactly. I waited 45 minutes for a table there. I'll never forget. Was, Couldn't you get us a Cheesecake Factory at the Old Cocos? Never Did happened. You try? I even called Cracker Barrel and they wouldn't go in because it's not a big enough area. There's not enough uh, median hmm. humans to... Make it work. All right. We'll come back for a final segment with Larry Pewter as uh, we look back on his career in the restaurants and the closing of Coco's, the northernmost Coco's in the chain. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. On the small Stolberg Tatum text line, I can't, I can't open this up. Someone texted us an article from the Tribune, but the Tribune won't give us access, so I'm sorry. Also on the Stolberg Tatum text line, a listener is arguing what we need is a Waffle House. Now, there's a legitimate question, Larry. In the Midwest, it's all you have, and I guess in the South, are Waffle Houses. There aren't a lot of Waffle Houses out here. 
Yeah, well, you know, the minimum wage out there is in a lot of those areas is two and three bucks for servers. So that's that. That's a great benefit for a restaurant to pay a server two or three dollars. I know my son worked out in Kansas City, Missouri for a while, and he worked at Cheesecake Factory, and the, the pay was two fifty an hour for really? the servers. Yeah. So, a lot. but it, but I thought that was the model. I thought they got a couple bucks an hour, and then they depended on their tips. Now I'm hearing we're in California. California, Hello. you keep voting these people in, Dave. <laughs> Fifteen fifty is a base salary, and then they get tips yes. on top of that. So a dishwasher working a seven hour shift, walking home with a, netting a hundred bucks. Then he goes to his night job, makes another eighty. It's not a bad gig. But he still can't afford the rent on the Central Coast. Yeah, if you work enough hours, we, we, mm-hmm. we can do it. It can be done. I, my cooks did it, and they can prove it. But uh, they just work their butts off, though. You know, still put in a lot of hours. Put a, put a plug in for tipping and the importance of tipping, despite everything you well, just said. Just love, just love on everybody. Just, uh, it, it's, it, it, what's better than giving? It's so wonderful to give. Um, I, when I'm at work, I loved, and my servers said, stop giving stuff away. But I love giving, giving pie away and giving discounts. And it's just it's such a wonderful feeling to give. 805-543-8830. If you want in on this conversation, we need to hear from you now. Whose idea was it to employ your, your three children? Did they want to work for you? Did you bring them in? What's the story behind that? Uh, Bailey, Brooks, and Kevin. Uh, Bailey started when she was seven, and Brooks started when he was about 10. And then Kevin, who, with my first wife, lives in Orange County, but he would come up and help. So I wanted to teach him a good... I met him the last day. Yes. That's right. Kevin was there, and he's up here now. Um, I wanted to teach him a good work ethic, like my mom taught me. So Bailey, she would work. I'd pay her a couple bucks an hour, and then uh, take the 20 bucks. We'd go down to the Mid-State Bank. i go, you put half in the bank, and then you can spend the other half, but give a little bit away. All right, Larry, thank you very much. Appreciate the time. News Talk. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.